Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Hello to you if you're watching online, you're so welcome. I know Tim has already said that, but some people just tune in for the talking bit and uh, you're really welcome, we're really glad that you're here. And I just want to back up what uh, has been said already as part of our service. Mark, thank you so much for sharing that this morning. That was just so helpful to hear that, about how God chooses us and loves us, and Tim, what you said after that as well. Uh, So good. So this morning, look, if you're watching online, this is for you. You may be checking us out for the very first time, tuning in and thinking, what is this? You might have accidentally come across this, or you may be, I've I've got friends who've done Alpha who are watching, greetings to you. In fact, my niece is down this weekend. She's getting married in a few weeks, and I was chatting to Lucy, who's on tech this morning. I said, oh, is Ellie coming this morning? She said, no. That's awkward, isn't it? But she might watch online. So, Ellie, if you're there watching online, still love you, (laughs) even though you didn't want to come and hear me. Um, So this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different in that uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to just pause on that. We're going to come back to it in the coming weeks ahead. But today is a special day in the life of the global church. I don't know if you know this, if you're new to Christianity... Today's what's called Pentecost Sunday, and in the, in the world, it's difficult to put an exact figure on it, but it's, there's approximately 2.2, somewhere between 2.2 and 2.3 billion people that would say, Jesus, you love me and you've changed my life. 2.2 billion people that would profess to be Christians on this planet. And on Pentecost Sunday, it's a day really where the church celebrates its birthday. So we're going to be looking at the Bible. Don't worry if you haven't got a Bible. I'm going to be reading quite a substantial bit of the Bible. And probably this is, I would say, out of anything I say, this will be the most important thing. So if you want to follow it with me, I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2 and starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I think it's going to come up on the screen. Is it going to come up on the screen, Lucy? Come on. Love that. Let's look at this together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and the whole house where they were sitting Uh, sorry, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, in tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound... A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, are all these who are speaking, are they Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. 
Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, well, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people aren't drunk, as you suppose. That's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was written. This was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit out in those days. And they'll prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood, fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible, it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because... You will not abandon me to the grave. You will not abandon me to death, to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that this David, the patriarch David, died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on this throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the grave, to the realm of the dead. Nor did his 
body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we're all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, what should we do, brothers? Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Tim, can I hand that to you? Carry my Bible, will you, my man? <laughs> Thank you. Amazing passage of Scripture. So, the day of Pentecost, so this was a number of weeks after the crucifixion, after the Passover, a number of weeks after Jesus had been crucified, a number of days and weeks after he rose again and gave, it says earlier in that, many convincing proofs that Jesus was alive. And we come to this moment, it says they were all together in one place. Who were they all? Were they were the approximately 120 people who were still loving and following Jesus at that moment. And we just heard or just, or just read those words from the book of Acts of what happened on that first day of Pentecost. And it's worth saying this, that without God, there's no church. <laughs> without his intervention, there isn't going to be anything. Without his intervention, there's nobody coming to know him. Without his intervention, there's nobody that is going to be a Christian. Without God's intervention, there is no Holy Spirit being poured out. And yet Jesus promised. He said, wait for the gift that my Father promised you. And this is what he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We didn't look at it, it was just previous. Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And what we've just heard and I've just read is the outfilling of that. The Holy Spirit's poured out. And then there's this moment where Peter... I guess he was sitting down. He stood up with the 11, and he gives this amazing talk. It's interesting, on um, not the current Alpha course uh, we're running, but the, the last Alpha course, in fact, we were, we were around at your place having a lovely time. We had a bit of a reunion, the Alpha course uh, that uh, I hosted, and um, 
And it was really interesting because we were just sitting around eating lovely cakes, you know, being hosted by you guys, uh, and, and having, having drinks and stuff. And one of, one of our guests, I don't know if she's watching this morning, but one of our guests said, she said, so, so it's really interesting, on your email, the bottom of your email, you've got Kieran Dunn, because that's my name. It'd be weird if I had, like, Brian Smith, because that's not my name, but it's got Kieran Dunn. That's not unusual. Or maybe, I don't know, is that an unusual name? I don't know. But it's got Kieran Dunn, and then underneath that, it's got my job titles. I, I work for the church here. My job title is Evangelist and Associate Pastor. And she said, that's really interesting. What's an evangelist? Well, the passage I've just read, Peter is somebody that in this instant is acting as an evangelist. It is somebody that proclaims good news. When there was a battle, somebody would run back to the, the homeland and say, good news, everybody. We have won the battle. They were a herald, a declarer of good news. And in that Greek word, uh, which we kind of get the word evangelist, that is what somebody is who does that. It's somebody who proclaims good news. And that's what I do. So she says to me, Magdalena said to me, she goes, so what's an evangelist? And I just, hopefully in a very simple way, just said it's somebody that really, you know, talks to people about Jesus. And she said, well, that's really interesting. She works for a, a massive global uh, corporation. And she said, I work with colleagues, and their business card says who they are, and it says evangelist on it. Isn't that interesting? So we're reclaiming that word, because actually... Amazon, who she works for, she works in the business section of Amazon, you know, when you get an Amazon package, it may be good news to you, but this is better news. <laughs> this is better news. And you see, in verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, I love this, because Peter, he stood up, he's quoted from Old Testament prophets, he's saying, look, no, these men aren't drunk. Let me explain this. Listen carefully, is what he said. Listen carefully. Let me explain this to you. He quotes the prophets. So I don't know if you know this. In the Old Testament part of the Bible, pre-Jesus, there's over 300 prophecies written hundreds of years before Jesus came and walked on this planet. Over 300 prophecies that specifically relate to his coming, his life, his death, and his resurrection, his ascension to back to glory. And Peter, because he's got a Jewish audience there, he immediately appeals to what some of these people, they probably knew these, these words, and saying, no, 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 this is what was written. This is what was written in the prophet Joel. This is what is written by, you know, interesting, he calls King David a prophet. But I love it in verse 22, because this is what he says. This is what, what, what Peter says. He says, fellow Israelites, men and women, Everybody within the sound of my voice, this is what he says, fellow Israelites, listen to me. And then he says this one word, Jesus. That's it. Over. Fellow Israelites, listen to me. Jesus. And of course he doesn't stop there. Because he says, Jesus of Nazareth. And in this speech, this talk, this sermon, whatever you want to call it, I don't know if you know this, but in the book of Acts, it's called the book of Acts because it's about what God does and actually what this brand new church does. But it could be called the book of speeches. But this is one of 19 different recorded talks that were given about Jesus. 
And then there's some, actually, there's a couple of others by people that aren't, you know, kings and people like that. But there's 19 different discourses where people have, through the power of the Holy Spirit, got down what, what people said, including these words from Peter. And Peter starts off, he says, listen to me, Jesus. Do you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a Coronation Street party. That doesn't sound right. That sounds like we're having a party to celebrate the ITV soap series called Coronation Street. But we had a street party for the king's coronation. And I'm at the street party. And it's just great. We, just get, we did one for the Queen's Jubilee. Uh, and we, just, we know our neighbours. But it's a lovely way of just getting to know them a little bit more. And I'm chatting. We've got brand new neighbours next door to us and you know, different people. And I'm chatting to this young guy. I've not met him before. He's a lodger in one of our neighbours' houses. I think he's probably about mid-20s, uh, works in engineering. And inevitably, there's that conversation where you talk about things that are important in your life, and he's asking me about what my, what my life looks like. I've asked him about his life, he's asking me about my life. And I, I said to him, well, you know, do you know what, I'm in the God Squad. He goes, oh, are you? Yeah, I said, you know, I, I work for a church. He goes, God, that's really, really interesting. I said, it's brilliant, in fact, you know, because you get loads of perks. I said, you get a company Bible. It's brilliant. <laughs> You know, in some businesses, company car, but I get company Bible. Very happy with that. So we just, but this is, so I said, to, so he goes, what do you do? So what did your week look like? I said, here's what I do. Interestingly, even though I'm in a church, most of my week, I spend talking to people that want to know about Jesus, who would not normally come to church or show outwardly that they're particularly interested in Christianity or Jesus. I spend a big chunk of my working, I'm really privileged talking to people about Jesus. Fellow Israelites, listen to me. Jesus. I don't do it like that, because that would just be odd. <laughs> Though I am quite odd. I think we've already worked that out. A little bit, a bit strange. He goes, that's really... So I sort of spend most of my week talking to people who don't normally do church. But Jesus goes, that's really interesting. He said, I wouldn't mind doing that. Talk, talking, you know... So I, I don't know if, if something's going to happen there. And I don't want to sort of spend ages about this, but there is a moment, not only because actually, interestingly, the, when Peter talks about the resurrection, he said, we are all witnesses of this. So when they talked about physically seeing Jesus, the way that Peter describes it, he says, we are all witnesses of this fact. Now, not all of you are going to be standing on a platform, you know, having an opportunity to talk to crowds of people, but it says we are all witnesses. So if you're watching today and you're somebody that knows Jesus, if you're sitting here today and you're somebody that knows Jesus, just in your own way, look, you, look, you don't have to be like me. Can we just have a moment of spontaneous praise? Let's get the band up, let's worship. You don't have to be like me. You can be 100% you, who God's made you, and yet that verse in the Bible can still be true for you. We are all witnesses of the risen Jesus. You can just winsomely, in a, such a low-key way, just, I don't know, offer to pray for somebody. You can maybe just offer to help somebody in some way and just let them know that you, you know, Jesus is important to you. You know, this morning's not about talking about how we do these things, but it's just somehow, God, you know, you said that we'll receive power 
when you come to us by your Holy Spirit so we could be your witnesses. What's a witness do? Well, they just simply say, well, this is what I saw. This is my story. This is what's happened to me. So Peter says, fellow Israelites, listen to me. And he starts with Jesus. Now, interestingly, he starts with Jesus of Nazareth. And this is really, really important because he starts with Jesus of Nazareth because he wants to make it clear that Jesus is fully human. That means today, if you're struggling, Jesus fully relates with your struggles. Without sin, yes, but he fully connects with our humanity. The, maybe the painful road that you're walking, maybe the sense of loss that you've suffered, maybe the broken relationships that you're experiencing right now. He starts with Jesus of Nazareth. And then he says, who was a man accredited by God. So he's had God's blessing, this man, this man, God, Jesus, accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Even this moment on the day of Pentecost is an amazing wonder. People hearing the praises of God in their own languages. But he says, signs, wonders, and miracles. And again, we haven't got time today, but Jesus did these amazing miracles. And do you know he still works miracles today? I don't know if you're here today and you're thinking, God, I just need, I, I just need a miracle. Do you know, he's not far from you. You, you can reach out to him today. You can, you can reach to him and he will meet you in your situation. Now look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not saying it's like a, some sort of like genie. It's not like instantly everything will change. But I know this, when we reach to God, when we reach to Jesus, he will come with unbelievable peace and love and support, even if you're still walking through the pain of your circumstance. And yet also I know that God does bring healing, does do miracles, and we read about them in the book of Acts. So Peter's this apostle, evangelist, he's proclaiming, and he says, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by signs, wonders, and miracles. And he said, through God's foreordained knowledge, so God planned this, he then goes on to say, Jesus was a man, but he said, but then you, with the help of wicked people, the Romans, crucified the Lord of glory. So it's interesting. What, what is Peter going to say in this sermon? By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this sermon. Jim, Jim's last dying wish before he left us to go to a better place, Cornwall on holiday, that is, um, was I would speak today on Peter's sermon, which is why I'm doing this. So Peter, why did he, why did he talk about this? We talked about the humanity of Jesus. Then he talks about the crucifixion, the centrality of the cross. So he gives some explanation that this is what's going on, and then immediately he talks Jesus, proving he was an amazing man, a God-man, by miracles, signs, and wonders. And then he goes straight to the cross. Because it's the cross which is the crux 
That's what it means, crux, which is the central point of the Christian faith. Jesus' death on the cross is the central point of the Christian faith. It's like the hinge that Christianity turns on. This is you, crucified. This Jesus, with the help of sinful men. But I love this. So you get the, the humanity of Christ. You get his amazing sort of teaching and his words and his signs of his divinity through the amazing wonders, raising the dead, healing the sick. And then you, you get this moment where he talks about the crucifixion. But it doesn't stop there. But he says, and then God raised this Jesus to life. Why? Because it was impossible. I love that word. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Death is beaten. Jesus rose from the dead and is alive. I'm so glad Steve Pope's in our church. For many reasons, Steve. But I love it that you gave a little round of applause for that. So. I love that. It's impossible for death to keep its hold of Jesus. Utterly impossible. Why is that so exciting? It's because when you step from this life to the next, you can know you're going to have an eternal welcome. You're going to have the loving arms of Jesus embrace you and say, come on, you're home. You're home. So I don't know if you're facing a difficult diagnosis, prognosis today. I don't know if you're watching this today and you're desperate because maybe you're grieving because you've lost a loved one. I don't know what, you know, you might be really young. I know when I was so young, I had a tragic fear of death until the moment in 1986, then Jesus came into my life and I realized it's impossible now for death to keep his hold of him as it is for me. The risen Christ and this is Peter's talk. And he goes on to say some other things, but here's what he finishes with. He says, be assured of this. This Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Amazing. So they were cut to the heart, and you read those verses. Actually, interesting, when Jesus was crucified, in one of the Gospels, it says their response was they were convicted. They were cut to the heart as they saw this Christ man, this God-man Jesus crucified. And when they heard his sermon, it says they were cut to the heart and said, brothers, what should we do? And Peter said this, and this is true for you watching at home. It's true for you here today. Repent. What does that mean? That means to have a change of mind. It means metanoia. It means to, to change your thinking about God. It means to change your thinking about your own life. It means to change your thinking about the sin you've committed against yourself and others and God. It means to change your mind about those things. It means to say, I'm going to leave those things with you, God, and I'm going to come into your loving arms. It means I'm going to say, I realize the cross has made that possible to be forgiven. I'm going to leave them there, and I'm going to turn around and run to your open arms. Loving Father, prodigal Father, you're going to grab me and love me, but I've got to leave my sin first. That's what the crucifixion was about. And that's what repentance means. And believing is incorporated into that. Only Jesus is the way. 
Repent and be baptized. I if you were here a few weeks ago when Wayne got baptized. Yeah, lovely Wayne. He's got some family sort of challenges. He's not been with us for a little bit, but love that. I don't know if you saw, you probably couldn't see, but when I baptized him with Lee, I lost my footing and myself and Wayne got baptized. <laughs> so I've been baptized twice because we both went under. Just good to make sure, isn't it? But have you been baptized once? Look, you can be a Christian, love Jesus, not be baptized. When Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief next to him. The thief said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He, the thief wasn't baptized. He said, only if you get down to the cross and get baptized. No. We don't believe in baptismal regeneration. But come on, let's take seriously the words of God. You know, I was christened as a baby, and when I did become a Christian, I thought, you know, I'm going to get baptized, and maybe this is for you today. Look, please, don't be condemned. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying what the Word of God says. And it might be that, you, you know, it's not about necessarily going under the water. You might have been, I don't know, in a different Christian setting where you were sprinkled at your moment of saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. You know, it's Look, if you're a believer, and, and that, that means for you that you've been baptized, that's fine. I'm not saying it has to be like that. But maybe today you need to think, do you know what, God, I'm going I'm to step up and say, I own you, Jesus, publicly. That's something to think about. I wonder, Dan, band, if you would like to, Laura, uh, come back out. If you don't want to come back out, that's fine as well. I'm happy to lead us in singing. I don't think anybody else is, but... So before we just respond in worship again, on this special day, on this day where we celebrate the, the church's birthday, Jesus, <laughs> there's a moment where it says this gift of the Holy Spirit, the crowd that Peter was talking to said this gift of the Holy Spirit is for you, your children, so the next generation of the people he was talking to, and all those who are far off. We're talking about timescales here. You know, 1066, 1450, 1920, 2003, 2023. For all those who are far off. For all that the Lord our God will call. The promise is for you. May we just pray? And I'd love to invite... God's Holy Spirit to meet with you, watching at home, sitting in this room. Let's take a moment. Look, if you, if maybe you're cut to the heart listening to this this morning. And if you are, repent. Turn from your sin and turn to God. Look to the cross of Jesus. Give yourself 100% to him now, today. And you'll know his forgiveness and freedom and love. So maybe you need today to repent. Let's just take a moment, if that's you. Jesus, for those that are saying, I choose to repent and follow you, God, meet with them, cleanse them. May they know your forgiveness and love. 
And God, for the rest of us, whether you're watching online or here, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and meet with you. Right where you are. Mark so helpfully said about Ruth, she was part of despised people in many ways from a, a difficult background. Look, that, that could be you today. Or your life may be going perfectly. But the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you. Holy Spirit, would you come now in this room? Would you come for people watching? I pray for your love. I pray for your peace that goes beyond understanding to be poured out. God, for those that are feeling so broken and hurt, I pray for your healing. For those that are struggling with their bodies, I pray for, your, for the miracle of your healing power. Pray for those that are struggling in their minds. God, we, God, we're so grateful for medicine and help. But Lord, I pray, would you come now for people that are wrestling with life? And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would also. Just give us such an assurance that, God, you're for us. The words we heard earlier, I pray you give us such an assurance that would you take that from our, our ears and our minds and put them in our hearts, that you love us. Let's just take a few more minutes. We're just going to be quiet just for a couple of minutes and let God do what he wants to do with you and then we're going to sing. Thank you, God, you've heard our prayers today, and I pray you keep working in our lives. For the glory of your name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.